0: Hello, hello, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto.
1: We are so excited. We are in season four of our episode. Michelle, how did that even happen? Where did the year go?
0: I know it's insane. I can't believe we're on our fourth season of the Plant Powered People podcast. That is nuts. For those who have been here listening from the beginning, thank you. I feel like we're family now. (laughs) You know all the ins and outs of everything going on. And that's kind of what this episode is. Every time we launch into a new season after our break, we bring you guys back in with a little bit more of a personal episode, kind of giving an update on what's new and what's happened in our lives.
1: Yes. And a little sneak preview of what is about to come in this season. This season is really good. And we brought on more experts than we usually do to chat about things that we just don't know a lot about, like the optimal way to be a plant-based athlete. I had no idea all of the things. And we brought on Robert Cheek, who just wrote a book on the subject and was a New York Times bestseller.
0: And that one is going to be a fantastic episode. Michelle, which one are you looking forward to? I'm really excited to talk about composting. We're talking about composting with Colleen patrick Gujo, which is actually a past podcast guest that we've had on to talk about zero-waste living. But Composting is something that I want to get into, and that episode is going to be so helpful. And I know I'm not alone. So, those listening, if you want to learn about composting, stay tuned. Another episode
1: that Michelle and I are really looking forward to sharing is our episode with the author of the New York Times bestseller, Mastering Diabetes. Diabetes is a really complicated health issue that so many people face, and there are so many different types. I didn't even realize there were more than type one and type two. And Cyrus goes deeply into it and shares such a
0: wealth of information that I just can't wait to bring that one into the world. That one's so important. I feel like that's one of those episodes that could actually save lives. And then we're also bringing on plant-based pediatrician, Dr. Reish Shah, And she authored a book called Nourish. And are going to talk all about raising plant-based kids or just infusing lots of positive plant health into children's lives. So if you're a parent, stay tuned to that one. Or if you know any parents, that one would be a good one to share. Yeah, we've got a lot coming this season. We're so excited for it. But before we jump into like our more personal catch up with you all listening, we are super excited to introduce our sponsors of this episode. We are so lucky to have teamed up with one of our favorite, favorite cooking brands
1: called Better Than Bouillon. They have a concentrated paste that is used in place of bouillon or vegetable broth. It is really rich and we use it in pretty much everything. I make my gravies. I've used it in casseroles. I've used it in, of course, soups and curries and stews. It is delicious. And it's also a great alternative to canned broths or those big giant cartons that take up so much space in your pantry that are not recyclable. This is a really great eco-friendly alternative to those that also take up less space in your kitchen.
0: I haven't been buying those aseptic container boxes of soups for so long now. I always have better than bouillon little glass jars in my pantry. And then once they're open in my fridge, and now that we're entering soup season, it's October. Tony and I cook soups all day, every day. (laughs) Soups are our jam. Michelle, you say soup
1: season, but she really means the whole
0: year. Like it's when the world joins us in our (laughs) perpetual soup life. Yeah. But for for the rest of the world, it's now soup season. The weather's cooling down and we want to have some piping hot, delicious, brothy yumminess. And Better Than Bouillon has a whole bunch of vegan flavors. They have non-vegan and vegan. So just, but they're clearly labeled. And you just mix it with water, teaspoon of bouillon and a cup per cup of water. And you get Amazing broth. So if it's not already in your pantry, check it out. They're available at most mainstream grocery stores, or you can find them online as well.
1: Next up, we are talking about Bramble. Chansey loves Bramble.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited that Bramble's joining us on the podcast as a sponsor this year. This company is amazing. It's founded by Amanda, who is a dog mama herself and really wanted to find a way to provide her dogs with food that's yummy. (laughs) If you think about dog kibble, most dogs are just eating this hard kibble their whole lives. And no judgment, that's what my dog's been eating his whole life. But it is so fun to be able to provide your dog with like a warm, home-cooked meal with diverse foods and veggies in there that's wholesome. So what this company is, is basically a pet food company that makes real whole food pet food that's ready to serve and they ship it to your doorstep frozen and then you can just thaw it out, heat it up and pop it in your dog's bowl and they've got a delicious meal. Yes. Also, one of my... Favorite things about
1: them is that they give back 1% of every meal sold to charity. And they support partners like Woodstock Sanctuary, Catskill Sanctuary, and so many others. And I love when companies are, uh, especially who are mission-driven, are really walking the walk.
0: Agreed. So Bramble's 100% plant-based and vegan. You can check them out at bramblepets.com you have a doggy or anyone who super loves their companion animals and wants to add some fun food to their routine, definitely check it out, bramblepets.com.
1: All right, Michelle, so much has happened over the past year. Let's dig into it. I'll start. Nothing super extremely big has happened in, in my life, thankfully, but I am really interested in gardening still. I know I talked about that last year on the Welcome Back episode, but I've learned a lot about gardening. I have a hard time sleeping at night. And so I started reading kind of boring books to get me tired enough to fall asleep and to get my brain to slow down a little bit. And in the process of learning about water-wise gardening and native plants, I just got even more so into it and grew something like 25 tomato plants, 25 pepper plants. I think I did eight squash plants and a lot of flowers this year. So my big summer garden over the past year was thriving big time. I loved going over to your house
0: because (laughs) there'd always be tomatoes to pick and yummy things that you'd send me home with. Yeah, your garden is really amazing. We will drop some photos in the show notes if you guys haven't seen it already. And be sure to follow Tony on Instagram on her personal account. She shares some, just, you posted that adorable bug picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just cool gardening life stuff. It totally inspires me to get out there. Thank you. I, I'm a big lover of the pollinators
1: and it's a brutal world out there watching them do their thing and fight for resources has been extremely fascinating. Michelle and I were actually talking about this. Do you intervene when you see something in the wild happening? And I'm curious, everyone is going to have to let us know. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you the
0: story that made you us start talking? Yeah. About... <laughs> yeah, tell it. <laughs> okay. So I was at the pond with Graham and my dad and there were ducks there and ducks adorable. I'm so excited. Graham gets to like hang out in nature and be kind to the ducks and just wave at them. But then there was this one duck that chased the other duck into the water and a whole flock of ducks started stepping on this poor duck's head. And it it looked like they were trying to drown it or just have like a really ruthless game in the water that the other duck, like the duck was clearly suffering. And I was freaking out. I was like, what's going on? Like they're clearly, there's like a gang attack on this poor duck. So I found a beer bottle near me, just on the ground because human beings, trash everywhere. And I for a second in my head, I was like, do I litter and throw into the pond or do I break this up? And I threw the bottle at them to try and scare them. I was like screaming like a banshee, like trying to clap, trying to just like get these ducks off of them, off of the poor, poor one duck. And it, I, I don't know how it ended. I was just kind of lost in a frenzy of trying to figure out what was going on. And I looked it up afterwards and it's a thing, like male ducks just pick on, not pick on, but they'll even have very sad outcomes of what they do to females for whatever reason. It's just, it broke my heart and it made me think, I can't imagine seeing that without intervening. Like I almost jumped into the pond and Graham just, my little one was just watching me being like, what is wrong with mom? She's like (laughs) flapping around. (laughs) Also,
1: I do want to say the bottle came back to shore and Michelle (gasps) disposed of it properly.
0: Oh my gosh. It was like the world saying this was okay to have done because yeah, there was a fountain in the water. So it was sort of pushing this otherwise still little lake water back toward me. And I was able to reach in and get this disgusting beer bottle. And I was able to not even throw it away, but recycle it. And so I just felt really good. And I hope that, that that duck is going to be okay. But it's from what I read, it can be a really, really tough life for sweet duck. (laughs) We've spent the last year
1: building a a yard both front yard and backyard that is really friendly to wildlife we we give raccoons water we give squirrels water we've planted so many plants that provide nourishment to these animals and the rats eat some of our produce and so we just have a thriving wildlife system in our yard but with that comes a lot of fighting they're fighting for resources and i just let them be i let them sorted out. I can't be there all the time to protect each animal. And so I have chosen to let nature let nature be and to intervene as few times as possible. I feel like I've already taken over their habitat with with having a house in what was once their space. So that is that is where I stand. I'm really curious to see what
0: everyone else thinks. Yeah, you'll have to let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Michelle, what is new? What is something new in yours? I'm going to dig around in my brain and I've got a lot to share, especially with work when we get to that part. But what is something that you're excited about? I'm excited about my garden.
0: What about you? Well, I can talk a little bit about gardening. I mean, life over the past year has been weird. Like we all got the thought that we'd be going back to life and then life starts shutting down Mm -hmm. again. And just like pandemic living is, is super, super bizarre. So it feels like like a lot has happened, but at the same time, like really nothing much has happened. I've been home for a year and a half with my now growing little one. So that's the big thing. My well, this is kind of weird. You guys listening have been here from the beginning when I was didn't have any kids and wasn't sure I ever wanted to. To when I got pregnant, I had a little one, and now my little one is over a year and a half, which is just nuts. And. It's kind of fun, though. He gets me out there in the garden. So I've been gardening more. And usually my problem with gardening is that I can never stay consistent and actually getting outside and watering things when they need to be watered and just keeping things alive. I have the most brown thumb ever known to man. But Graham gets me outside every day, He pulls me away from the computer. And so I've actually been able to keep my little tiny garden, which is built in a reused... Like black plastic containers from trees. And I have a couple plants that Tony gave me as starters, which was so cool. Actually, Tony, those tomatoes that uh, like they produced, then it seemed like they were going away. Now they're on their second season of producing. So there's like a ton of tomatoes bustling right now.
1: That is is pretty cool. Really,
0: really cool. Yeah. And I've kept most things alive, not necessarily. like my garden was nowhere near thriving like Tony's was, but I feel really inspired to step it up next year, especially because my little one loves it. So if any of you do have kids in your life or even not your own kids, but like family members with kids, kids love getting out there in the dirt and it's just so much fun. So, Hey, Michelle, do you feel like Graham is more likely
1: to eat something like a tomato or a cucumber
0: that you grew because he helps water it and helps he he picks it. I can tell you for sure he is because he has no interest in cucumbers when I serve them to him on a plate, but we grew one from the yard and when we picked it, he just like bit right into it and chewed it all down. Like he just ate straight up <laughs> the cucumber raw. And this was not even a, it was kind of a funky cucumber that I grew that was bitter and not that good, but he ate it because he was so excited. And Aww. tomatoes are one of his favorite foods because he loves going out there and picking them. He even picks up... Uh, I mean, you know this if you have kids or if you will have fit kids, get ready. But he picks everything before it's ripe, of course. I'm like on constant plant guard duty. (laughs) But he'll pick a tomato that's yellow. It's not even orange yet. And it tastes terrible. And he'll still eat it because he's so excited that he picked it out of the garden that he grew. (laughs) That's really cool. I love
1: seeing all the updates that Michelle has of... Uh, Sometimes she sends me photos of Graham out in the garden and he's so curious and interested in touching the food and being part of the process of harvesting. And I think that that's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's come a long way because when he was would first go outside, I had all these like ceramic terracotta pots with soil in them and he would just want to play in it all. And I just kind of let him play, but he would crack the pots and he would be like just dumping the soil everywhere. And it was just like a huge mess, but he loved it. He developed that love in a really messy way. And now we have a lot more organized life where he goes out and he understands that the plants are left alone because they grow and then he gets to eat from them. So it's been a fun journey to watch.
1: Another big thing that has happened since the last time we recorded was that we hang out now. <laughs> when we when we recorded last time, we hadn't really seen each other in a half a year or or longer, and it was really tough to not see Michelle for so long and to be able to do videos again and hang out and and still be very safe, but together makes me so much happier than I was
0: last year. I agree completely. I am a huge introvert. And for the first year of lockdown, I was kind of content with it. I was like, this is fine. I, I'm good. I don't need to see human beings. But now I just realize I am ready to get out. And I just, I need to see the people who I love. I just need to. <laughs> and I'm so much happier now that we get to hang.
1: Yes. and And more so than that, I feel like, I don't know, I, I talked to Michelle a lot about this, but when things started opening up again and the vaccines became available, I w- was a bit agoraphobic. I was really afraid to go out and do things and I was super hesitant. And it wasn't until I, I was able to hug Michelle and be like, oh, like, this is what I've been missing. It made me want to come out of my house and have memories and see Graham after not having seen his whole life So up until that point, like he was born, the pandemic happened, and then I didn't get to see him for a year. And that was really tough.
0: You guys would like put your hands up to each other through the window. We have a glass window and Tony would like (laughs) chop us off something she's growing in her garden. And I would be like, hi, Eddie, through the window saying hi to your dog. And then Graham would be inside. I mean, we really hunkered down, but... It is nice to be able to get out a lot a lot more. Although I am grateful as a busy human being that I now have like online grocery shopping like in the mm-hmm. just set and ready all the time. It's super easy, like really figured out how to <laughs> how to live without leaving
1: your house. And what that means for our work is that we have been creating a lot of content together. Of course, we work on this podcast, but Michelle and I really got started with a partnership, as a partnership, doing YouTube videos. And so that's something that we've started up again and are trying to do more consistently. We, we've done some fast food taste tests. We've gone to Trader Joe's and pretty soon we're gonna be releasing our fall content. Fall content is some of our favorite because pumpkin spice everything. But Michelle, which video are you
0: excited about? Our annual Trader Joe's fall video is my favorite because <laughs> we get yeah. to try all the pumpkin things. And I know it's like, I don't know. It just seems like one year this will be like, all right, snooze fest. We've done this before. But they always <laughs> come out with like new cool things we never could have imagined. So I'm super excited about that. And you've also got a lot of content
1: around Halloween and and we've yeah. done videos in the past for like Halloween candy. So if anybody is celebrating their first vegan Halloween, we've done the videos, Michelle. What
0: did you just put out? Well, shout out to Gina, who is one of our writers at World of Vegan. And she just came out with a vegan Halloween guide, like a really comprehensive one. So it's it's actually pretty cool. You might think it's just simple, like look for vegan Halloween candy. But there's actually a lot. You want to figure out what recipes you want to be making, like cool. Even she came up with a whole bunch of cool, like vegan slanted Halloween costumes and eco-friendly Halloween decorations. Hey, Michelle, and, what is a slanted Halloween costume? Not slanted, but like has it has a vegan spin to it, so like you could dress oh, up as your oh, favorite oh, okay. vegetable or they're actually in the I was sky. So literal, like everything is slightly <laughs> slanted. Slanted. Um no but okay. One year I created this video showing animal rights. Costume ideas, oh, yeah, and you can see the picture of every. I got a whole bunch of friends to join me, and each person did a costume. So, like my friend Kristen dressed up as a bunny holding a human's foot. So you know how they have those like rabbits' foot keychains that used to be so popular. Oh, horrifying and disgusting! It's like an actual rabbit's foot that they dye a different color, and you could get them, you know, when you're playing at arcades. I actually used to have one. That's... I don't... uh, I was so disconnected from what it was. But so she dressed up as a cute white rabbit and then is holding this like bloody human's foot. And then my friend Henry dressed (laughs) up as... This is the easiest costume ever. And it's funny. He dressed up as Extra Firm Tofu. So he just got a white board, like a white poster board, two of them, and then tied it together. So he was able to put it over his head and one side is on each side of him. And it just says, Organic Tofu Extra Firm (laughs) (laughs) he just wrote it on in his terrible handwriting. And I just thought that was hilarious. But you'll see lots of other ideas there. And then most significantly, I'm realizing this is going to be Graham's first Halloween, really. I mean, he's over a year, but last year Halloween was canceled. So we didn't have to do anything. And I love Halloween. I love trick-or-treating. But obviously, if you do that, you're getting a whole bunch of non-vegan candy. So there's A lot to consider, and I think it's a very personal choice and zero judgment on whatever you decide to do with that. But Gina put together a whole bunch of different ideas for how to handle Halloween for kids who are vegan. Like you could trade, you can have other things that you can trade with them for the candy that they get, just different ideas. So check out our Halloween guide. I will link it in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com.
1: My sister brought over my nephew, and I, I liked the way she let all the family members know in advance that her kid was coming over because she did not want to trick-or-treat because in a pandemic. And she let everyone know in advance and drove from house to house, picking up little gift bags for him. So I thought wow. that that was really cool. If you have a community who knows that you're
0: plant-based, maybe that maybe that could happen for you. On the flip side of that, figuring out what you want to hand out as a house (laughs) during Halloween is another thing that's worth thinking about. Obviously, there's a ton of vegan candy companies or vegan chocolates. You just want to figure out your budget and what you want to give out. But in this guide that Gina put together, she gave a whole bunch of ideas for non-candy things you can hand out, which I thought was a really great idea. You don't have to be giving candy to children. You can give things that are just as loved, like little stickers and other things like that, that you could hand out instead.
1: Also, I'll be the the no fun zone over here. If you can purchase your Halloween costume or your kid's Halloween costume from Goodwill, or whatever thrift store, that is obviously going to be the best. It, it is fast fashion in the Halloween world. And you wear you wear your costume once and then it's trashed pretty much. And if you can reuse one that has a lot of life left because it's only been worn once likely, that would be the optimal option. I know that for me, I bought a costume last year from Goodwill and I plan on wearing it every year going forward. I don't really care to be something different every time. And it's so, it's so cute. It's a monkey. And, Aww. um, and then Eddie too, my dog, I thought when I became a dog mom, okay, I'm going to get him a costume every year and he's going to have a million. And it's going to be so cute, but there's no reason that he needs to have a different outfit. He's going to wear the same one he wore last year.
0: Yeah. And it's not even the no fun zone. I went to this used children's clothing store with my friend Crystal, who's also going to be on episode this season. And I'd never been there before. There was a full on wall of racks of like new, almost brand new. Some of them even had the tags, costumes for kids of all different sizes, all different types. And I was just like, blown away. I was like, why did I never think to go to a, a reuse secondhand shop for, th- for costumes before? Although I guess I have. I got Graham an avocado costume from ThreadUp, which is an online secondhand shop before and i've actually gotten him a couple costumes and you don't even have to stick with the same one to be sustainable you can donate what you have so that they'll go into someone else's hand and then get another one from a used or do a swap with friends where you guys swap costumes mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ideas so if you love the idea of dressing up and like having different different vibes each year you can still do that and be eco-friendly yeah uh, halloween okay. i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready to eat
1: more pumpkin things more apple things more I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do like candy. I try not to eat it all the time, but uh, we always, always have candy left over because we don't have a lot of little kids in our neighborhood. And so I am excited too for candy. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, one of the videos that we did was showing accidentally vegan candy. So if you don't want to have to like find a specific vegan brand, which there are tons of them, but. You could even go to your just mainstream Target or Walmart or whatever. And there are a lot of brands that are just accidentally vegan that you can easily find. So we'll link that as well.
1: All right, moving forward, I wanna talk about some stuff that's happening at both World of Vegan and Plant Based on a Budget because a lot happens in the blogging business in one year. And for me at Plant Based on a Budget, we just launched our new website. The old website was launched when I first started nine years ago. And way back then, it was completely different. So I had an archaic system that was coded and it was pretty much a nightmare trying to detach the information from that website. So we had to manually move everything. And after months and months and months of manually moving everything and lots of very long phone calls trying to get everything squared away, we now have a new website, and it's really pretty. And you can print recipes. I know a lot of people who used my old website did not like the way the printing function worked because it it got everything. It got your your comments that you've left, or it's you had to print the whole page, which is a waste of paper. So that's one of my favorite things about the new website. And uh, and then. Alfonso, who's our photographer, his photography just shines so brightly on the website. So that's something I'm really, really, really excited about this year
0: and for years to come. I love your website. And I have to give another shout out to both Alfonso and you because when you first brought on Alfonso to start doing food photography for Plant Based on a Budget, he had never done food photography before. So he was very much in like a learning mode and trying to figure things out. And you just believed in him and gave him all the opportunities and the support to be able to develop a career in food photography. And now, I mean, his photos were beautiful before, but like now they're just so stunning and light and bright. And you just want to reach through the screen and eat them. So I just think that's so great. Way to go, Alfonso. And way to go investing in him, Tony. Good job. Oh,
1: thank, <laughs> thank you. I remember when my husband, Paul, he's friends with Alfonso. And when he mentioned Alfonso to me, he said, you know, Alfonso's looking for, for more photography work. He has a camera that's really nice. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, what kind of photography does he do? Oh, he does landscapes and mm-hmm. uh, real estate photography. And I had been a food blogger for maybe six years at the time. And I've never been able to be a good food photographer, even though I've tried, I've invested in props, I've done all of the things and I've taken some tutorials and it just doesn't work for me. Like, I can't do it. I get frustrated. Because you want to eat the food. (laughs) (laughs) It's just hard to make food look beautiful. It's hard to get really bright colors and how to match and plate and all the things. And so when Paul told me he is a real estate photographer, I thought there's no way he's going to get food photography right away. And sure enough, he has picked it up very extremely quickly and is super talented. So I'm really proud of him.
0: Hey, Alfonso. Yeah. And it's kind of funny looking back. Like everyone has the stories of when their blogs first launched and the first like recipes and photos that went up there. The recipes were probably delicious, but everyone's food photos were abysmal. (laughs) I could say that about World of (laughs) Vegan. And (laughs) I was shooting with my flip phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been so cool. What you've been doing, Tony, is going back through all the old recipes and just giving them, breathing new life into them with really beautiful photos and rewritten articles and stuff. And we've been doing the same at World of Vegan, So it's really exciting to just have this album of hundreds of recipes that are tried and tested and made really, really accessible and easy to make for those of you who want to cook our
1: recipes. (laughs) I remember receiving this email from someone and she said, you know, I love the concept of your website. I think it's cool. You sound awesome. However, I cannot move past your ugly photos. They're so unappetizing. I can't browse your website. And those (laughs) are all my old photos from when I was taking like um, camera phone, flip phone photos. And I just said, Yep, touche. I totally get it. So I'm I'm really glad to be making these changes and to be in a place with my business to invest for for really the first time ever in nine years of blogging with Plant Based on a Budget, to invest in a new website, to invest in new photos, and to refresh and refresh, 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 one of those words, refresh, (laughs) freshen up, freshen up or refresh
0: the content. Yeah. yeah well, I hope you still have that person's contact so you can be like, we're ready for you now. I
1: should totally do that. What's one thing that you're really excited about with the world of vegan right now?
0: Well, I also want to say just a big thank you to those listening because I know a lot of our podcast listeners have been with us on all these different channels for so many years. And when we started this podcast, we didn't have teams. We did everything ourselves. We did the HTML on our website and our like took all the photos and answered every email and did the edit every video. Like everything was just ourselves. And thanks to just our community and the support and also our awesome sponsors, like a sponsors of this episode and everything is what's enabled us to bring on a team and create higher quality content and do more to provide resources in the vegan space. So thank you to all of those listening uh, because you are a you part so of that. Much. Yeah. I don't know. What else with like life updates? World of no, Vegan updates? No, update? no, World of, World of Vegan updates. Like uh, what's one okay. thing
1: that you're really excited about that you're working on at World of Vegan?
0: Yeah. Well, we are really ramping up our recipes, but making them higher quality. So now we release two recipes every single week, but we also have an awesome team of volunteer recipe testers. If any of you guys listening are interested, let me know. But we have an awesome team of recipe testers. So all of our recipes go past testers. We get their feedback and they only go up if they get positive, really great reviews. And then we can also include the tips from the recipe testers about their experiences making it. And that was something I started integrating after Tony and I wrote the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, which we also had rigorously tested. We had over a hundred recipe testers for that book. And I realized that even though I would make something in my kitchen, it wouldn't necessarily turn out in everybody else's, or even though I loved something, might not be a hit with everybody else. So that's something that we've really, it's made the recipe process a lot slower and the content creation is just taking a lot more time. But now that we have a team and everything, we're we're able to do that. So I just feel really excited and inspired by creating delicious food that's going to make people want to keep eating plants. So that's exciting. And then I've also been eager (laughs) to focus more on videos. We finally came out this year with our next Draw My Life video, which is about shark finning. And so yeah, we we have a, a whole series of what life is like for different animals and different industries and Brought our viewers underwater this time to focus on sharks, which, if you aren't familiar, over 270,000 sharks are killed every single day for shark fins, shark fin soup, and just different commercial uses. So it's heartbreaking. It's a huge industry. It's a huge, just, it's a huge industry. And it's something that we really need to change ASAP because if our oceans die, we die. And sharks are apex predators. And if we wipe them out, everything's going to be just a giant mess. So we did that. <laughs> and then we just have just lots of other side projects going on. You can see a lot of our latest guides coming up on World of Vegan. Gina's been writing a lot of fun ones and and more. Yeah. Awesome. When you
1: said recipe testing, so I am in the process of coming up with my new my next book concept and I'm really excited for a lot of things, but the recipe testing process is so hard for me. <laughs> it's one of those things where everyone has different preferences. So some people don't like salt. Some people love salt. And that's something that we heard when we were doing the Friendly Vegan Cookbook recipe testing was was the salt issue. Like Some people want more oil, more salt, and some people like no oil, no salt. So that's something that I admire, Michelle, that she's doing that right now for all of her recipes. That's such a hard process, but so important and something that I am getting anxious about for my own upcoming recipe testing with my new book.
0: I'm so Hmm. proud of you stepping into another book project. It was so fun writing the Friendly Vegan Cookbook together, but it's so much work even only doing half of it and being able to share in all those ups and downs. But I'll be here cheerleading you along the whole way, Tony. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And I will keep everybody posted as I... Move along the process. For some reason, I felt like these types of big projects should be really secretive and you should like make a grand announcement at some point. But I love that Michelle and I brought people along the journey with us and shared while we were recipe testing and invited people to be our recipe testers. So I hope that you all don't mind that I'm sharing this up front and inviting you to be a part of the ride.
0: I think that's so cool. I'd so much rather see like the story behind a book coming to life than just see a book pop out of nowhere yet like another book pop out of nowhere. And I'm like, wait, where was the, did they even have time to create this book? But when you see like the process and it's starting and it is a very slow and long and laborious journey. So I think it's a two-year
1: process. It's so hard. (laughs) Okay. Before we get going, there have been a lot of things that have happened over the past year for the world of vegan things. And uh, and we wanted to share
0: some of them with you. So, Michelle, why don't you take it away? I feel like every five minutes, there's a new breaking news story that is just like, what? I can't believe this is happening. So McDonald's recently announced that they'd be launching the McPlant Burger in the United Kingdom, and then bringing that out to 250 stores around there, and then hopefully launching them nationwide in 2022, if all goes well. So that was huge news because McDonald's hasn't done anything on the vegan front for a long, long time, like ever, pretty much. They've been the, the, the slowest to take that step. But they've announced like several different things that make you re- think they're really actually taking it seriously. They're going to be cooking them on different grills, which some people care about, some people don't. But the point is they're actually thinking about their vegan consumers that care about that kind of thing. So that was big news. Then mm-hmm. Hershey's came out with a oat milk chocolate bar. <laughs> that blew my mind the uk announced everything's happening in the uk that they banned the import and export of shark fin so i talked about shark finning before and how horrific it is and they just put a full ban even on imports and exports of shark fin products which is pretty groundbreaking and will also hopefully make it easier for more countries to do the same thing so that's a big big step in an issue that we need to take big steps about but it's just been a really exciting year if you have been following, I don't know, the vegan news. We're starting to share more of it on Instagram, but there's also some great accounts out there where you can yep. see the latest stuff happening. Obviously, Veg News is great at, at sharing those, and plant based news is a great resource. We and also you... share
1: every Friday in our newsletter all of the mm-hmm. cool vegan
0: news. Yep. And then if you want to see like the latest and greatest products, both Tony and I do like, ooh, spotted this cool new thing in store sometimes, but Big Box Vegan on Instagram has a great account to follow in terms of like they're constantly posting whatever cool new vegan things they see at any different grocery store. So that's cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you don't already have Better Than Bouillon stocked in your pantry, be sure to check them out, especially with this soup season upon us. BetterThanBouillon.com check them out. And then Bramble, of course, if you want some wholesome, home-cooked, delicious food for your pups, check out (laughs) bramblepets.com. And thank you so much again
1: for listening to this episode. We are very, very excited for season four. There's so much goodness coming your way. And we're really thrilled with the information that we're putting out.
0: Yeah. If you're new to the Plant Powered People podcast, our episodes, now that this season has begun, will come out every two weeks on the 1st of each month and the 15th of each month. So stay tuned. Be sure you're subscribed and we'll pop up in your little Apple podcast playlist or Spotify or TunePlay or whatever (laughs) exists these days. So every two weeks, we'll be popping up. And then we also have our, our newsletter, our podcast newsletter, where we'll share the latest episodes as soon as they come out with a little bit about what, what guests we're bringing on or what topics we're talking about. So if you haven't already, you can subscribe to that at plantpoweredpodcast.com. wishing you guys all a very happy kickoff to October. And we hope to connect with you on all our different social platforms and in the next episode. Bye. Bye.